Thank you so much for tuning in. You're here with Team Connect. Today we're going to be talking about how inflation has impacted motor claims and we will also be later joined by our guest speaker, Sandip Sudhu. You're here with Rebecca Wanakot, large loss claims handler. And I'm Alistair Bean, a desk surveyor. And I'm Ellie Arch, assistant claims adjuster. And I guess we can kind of start with the question of the day. So we went around the streets of London, we were asking people their thoughts on the cost of living crisis. Um, The question was, has the cost of living crisis impacted you? So what do you think the kind of results were? Yes, it has, yes. Of course it has, yes. Obviously, like, bills, gas, all that kind of stuff is absolutely outrageous, especially for people on, you know, a pretty average salary. Well, not surprisingly, um, we found out that 100% of the people we asked um, said they'd been impacted by the cost of living. Uh, the majority of them obviously saying that the two things they'd noticed the most were their utility bills, so their gas and electricity haven't gone up, um, but also fuel costs um, were, the main, were the main ones that people mm. fed back to us as, as how it had impacted them. Yeah, and I guess, I guess everyone's kind of seeing these, and I've definitely been impacted by the cost of living. Have, have you guys kind of felt that impact? Well, yeah, I was. Uh, I recently had to take my own car into the garage, and I got hit with a nine hundred pound bill that I wasn't expecting. And having looked a wee bit further into it, um, we now think that maybe the same repair work would have cost around six hundred pound, perhaps just two or three years ago. Yeah, it's just crazy, isn't it? Because I know there's um, the garages and the workshops. They're reporting a decline in the ad hoc and the routine maintenance that people are doing on their cars. I think people are even kind of just like letting their their broken cars and dents go unfixed as well yeah I think also in some cases people are even doing DIY repairs on their own cars you know going on YouTube and working out how to replace the parts or change things which obviously is uh, fraught with potential problems further down the line oh yeah you won't catch me doing that but I guess it kind of brings into a a wider question is, is having a car even affordable these days I think for a lot of people, no. You know, I think a lot of people are now seeing it as a, perhaps an unnecessary commodity and they need their, their finances for, for other other things. Well, I guess with the kind of the car parts, the, the repairs, the services and all of that kind of increasing, people aren't really thinking about it all that much because we were going around London asking the, the impact that the cost of living has on drivers. The most common answer was fuel costs. Well, the increased price of fuel... Um, it has a big impact because if petrol's gone up. That's right, yeah, most of them said fuel. Um, however, some of the ones that we spoke to did mention that their insurance um, had gone up and there were some that we spoke to who said they'd actually started shopping around um, and perhaps been ch- even changing supply, um, changing their insurance provider um, looking for a more competitive deal. So when I wanted to renew this year, I did make sure I looked around then called my insurers and said, well, I find a cheaper quote. If you're not going to match it, then I'll move. So then I ended up matching it. So that was- yeah, and I guess this kind of goes into what the ABI have found, that average premiums have increased by 8%. And I guess the wider question now is, why are insurers increasing their premiums? Yeah, well, one of the one of the main things must be, of course, Brexit and what's been happening with the EU. Um, obviously, it's been a lot harder to source and get materials from overseas. And I know that some garages have even completely lost their suppliers altogether, uh, meaning they've had to find new suppliers. And this has led to, of course, delays and, and increasing costs. Well, yeah, those big delays will obviously be a big impact on insurers and and the consumer at the end of the day. You've got the material costs going up. And going back to what you said earlier about people are noticing the increase in the fuel prices and the energy prices, 
um, the energy of inflation alone on each repairer in the motor world is just over 70% added, which we, di- we didn't have last year or the year before. And I think another big thing as well is a lot of new tech in the market. So a lot of the cars now are more software issues rather than hardware. And I think that obviously because it's a new skill set, there's a limited number of mechanics that actually know. Um, and this is only going to get worse because in by the year 2030, it's predicted that we're going to need 90,000 more mechanics that can work with electric vehicles. Yeah, I mean, it's like these delays which are just kind of just getting added. There's so many things which go into it. We did speak with someone on the street who said that they got into an accident, wasn't even their fault, and they were waiting for three and a half months for the repair to be completed. And I know for me, definitely, if, if I was without my car, it would be such an inconvenience. Um, it, it's not it's not like everyone has access to trains, buses, or kind of other sources of transport, and that can be quite expensive. And I know Al, you're in you're in kind of like necessarily the middle of nowhere, really, isn't it? Yeah, well, that's it. I mean, if if you're without your vehicle, that can have a big impact on your life. Um, you're not able to see friends and family necessarily as easily because you don't have a vehicle to get around, depending on, of course, of course where you live. But the other the other issue that we'll see with um, delays and repairs is, of course, for commercial vehicles and loss of use. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, if businesses lose their vehicles, uh, that can really affect how they operate and how they how, how they trade. And not only that, I mean, I don't know that some businesses have even seen sort of damage to their company image, if you like, if the vehicle's been damaged say but it's not actually off the roads and they can't get it repaired because the garages are full it's taking longer so they're still having to operate with a damaged uh, vehicle which of course isn't isn't the best look yeah um even though this problem is really bad i think there are certain things that commercial companies can actually do to bring down the sort of to increase road safety and decrease their insurance premiums i think the one thing that we looked into was that driver training is a really good thing um this is just for managers to train their sort of drivers on road safety and things that they can do just to make sort of safety sort of priority um another thing that companies can do is actually installing dash cams which means they can sort of watch their drivers to make sure that they're sort of not eating lunch and driving not sort of even not on their phone just glancing down because obviously if your attention's on the road it just means that the road's safer and obviously if the road's safer it just means that there's less crashes um this also with the dash cams if you tell your sort of insurance company um this is something that can bring premiums down which obviously is is really good and obviously if there's less accidents on the road um then it's going to be less pressure on the garages which ultimately is going to really help really help with this sort of crisis yeah absolutely because i i guess that's a really big thing with insurers is like how to keep everybody safe because there's it's kind of one thing that we haven't really touched on yet is the the higher cars and the courtesy cars and it's not like they're not around but they are so limited so if if people don't have the courtesy cars then are we going to be paying for their their taxis their train fares is that something which is included in their in their policies or are we going to be able to source a higher car and when we do the costs are just going to be crazy when when you're looking at it because it's such an extended hire pit period now because the delay in the repairs so how can we kind of combat something like that 
Um, I think that one thing that insurance companies do is if they can sort of make sure that they build sort of a solid repair network. This is in terms of like parts, making sure that they have people that they can source them from efficiently if they need to. And another thing is make sure that they have sort of skilled labour available just to sort of reduce that time. And I think another thing that's actually really interesting that people have started to see is the introduction of like motor engineers working remotely. So this is just sort of looking at engine photos online, which obviously means that they can get through uh, people a lot quicker if it's obviously remote just reduces travel time means that they can get through numbers a lot quicker um, which obviously means that if they're sort of looking at the issues quicker the claim claim can be resolved a lot ish, uh, quicker as well meaning that times are sped up yeah that's so good because obviously you've got those delays and repairs and if we can do things to try and combat that then that's absolutely great but I think one thing that we're not thinking about is kind of the theft claims they are going up because as we're saying there's the delays in the parts the costs of the parts with these parts becoming sparse the costs increasing the vehicles they're becoming more valuable so we've got that to think about as well as well insurers have that to think about so how can we kind of look to do that is there safer ways to park your car or keep your car at night like we need to look at ways to do that and hopefully that can kind of have an impact then on people's premiums. I guess this is a really great time now to kind of introduce our guest speaker. I will let her do her own introduction. But um, yeah, please welcome to the studio, Sandip Sidhu. Hi, thank you for inviting me to the studio today. I'm Sandip Sidhu. I'm a legal director at Kennedy's and I specialise in motor claims. I understand you've got some questions for me today. Yeah, thank you for joining us. So our first question is, what do you think the main reason for the increase in claims inflation is? There's a multitude of reasons. Um, like the cost of living, claims inflation is driven by prices and the impact uh, around what's happening outside the motor industry as well as within the motor industry. Over the last few years, you'll have experienced Brexit, the pandemic, the war in Ukraine, and not to mention the inflation and interest rises, which will have impacted a number of areas of the motor industry. So for the motor repair industry itself, rises in the cost of labour, rises in the cost of materials, and the limited resources and delays in the supply chain in obtaining parts has had a massive impact on the increasing cost for claims for insurers. Rising costs of parts, labour and replacement uh, vehicles have actually pushed up premiums quite significantly. But then there's also the costs associated with a higher uh, charges increasing and then like we've mentioned earlier repairs having been undertaken in an efficient manner you'll have read reports about the second-hand industry as well in that it, the prices in that area have also increased um, due to the limited availability of uh, parts causing delays in repairs so people are looking to second-hand vehicles and that industry to try and fill the gap for that interim period the delays in repairs have restricted the availability of courtesy vehicles and hire vehicles, which I, I recall you mentioned earlier during the podcast, um, and increased costs of credit hire as a result of vehicles staying in hire for longer periods of time. These difficulties have all resulted in uh, drivers often sometimes postponing necessary repairs as well. So sometimes it might be the case that the insurers haven't had claims presented immediately and then over a period of time those claims are then submitted and also those people who perhaps haven't ordinarily made claims will also look to make claims because of the impact around other areas such as the cost of living crisis 
I think it was you, Ellie, who mentioned the point about technology. I think that was a really valid point, as what we've got is that technology is now embedded in vehicles, much more sophisticated, much more complex. It can also then influence pricing, the availability, and there's a certain skill set required in order to repair those types of vehicles. So that, as I mentioned, there's, there's actually quite a multitude of, of reasons around it. Yeah, so that, thank you. That's really insightful. Um, so our sort of final sort of thought of the day and final question is, how do you think that insurers should prepare for the future? It's looking at what's happening now, learn from the last few years and look to carry out those early assessments about where claims are going to go. Claims inflation is here to stay f- for some time whilst things like uh, materials repair delays are reduced. Uh, I think it was, again, you who made a very valid point about uh, looking at having approved repair networks to ensure that repairs are undertaken speedily. And then there's also having more control over the claims process itself. So have those assessments carried out early, look to get those, uh, the customers into higher quickly and out of higher quickly as well. And if repairs are completed a lot quicker, it means that you're keeping those costs down. It's all about limiting those early delays because that's where the insurers can control that. But also equally, you made other points about sort of edu- businesses can educate their employees. There's loads of um, things around that that can be done. And it's gathering the intelligence of where the delays are, thinking of alternative solutions. One example might be that if it's going to cost a lot more to wait for repair parts to be brought into the country to repair a vehicle, is it more cost efficient to write off that vehicle and declare it a total loss, as that may sometimes be more effective, as there are a lot of high-end vehicles out there which, which had significant delays over the pandemic in the last few years for parts to come in. And I know there's some insurers out there who were essentially buying those vehicles as opposed to um, waiting to repair them. So they declare them a total loss. Once the parts came in, repair those vehicles and, and put them back out there on the market. Yeah, thank you. That's really helpful. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. Well, thank you for having me. It's been a really interesting podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. And I guess realistically, it goes back to everything we've been saying. It's not just one thing. There is a multitude of things which are causing the motor inflation and the impact that we're seeing in the the motor market, in the insurance market. So thank you so much um, for our guest speaker. Thank you so much for listening. Please share with all your colleagues across your platforms. And yeah, this is us signing out, Team Connect. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you.